quiet. Up until today, you've listened to a bunch of soft podcasts. But starting today, you're going to listen to something that's totally badass. It's totally badass. You're going to like it. Then you're going to go. You're going to leave a like about it. Maybe put one of them hash browns on it. Hash browns, stuff you don't need to know. And take it in the internet. Nowadays, there's stuff and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay. Let's get down to it. Happy New Year, everybody. And I think we could all admit that, yeah, this new year, this 2021, has gotten off to a great start. I mean, I think it's fair to say that 2020 wasn't really the best year. And a lot of people were thinking like, well, is 2021 going to be any better? Uh, let's see. Let's see. January 1st, 2021, Cobra Kai Season 3 dropped. I think that's a good omen. It's a good omen that this is going to be a great year. And if you haven't guessed it by now, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Season 3 of Cobra Kai. So at this point, I think it's very, very fair to say that there will be spoilers. So if you have not watched Season 3 of Cobra Kai, or really any of Cobra Kai, first of all, what's going on? What's wrong? Why not? I mean, if you love the original movies... You definitely are going to love this series. And, you know, I'm definitely going to talk about why I'm going to talk about one of the things I'm definitely going to talk about is how, you know, this series is just so 80s and it's it's amazing. But, yeah, like I said, going forward, spoiler alert, you have been warned. So when we left when we last left the uh, Cobra Kai gang back there in season two, it ended on a pretty big cliffhanger. There was a big fight between Miyagi-Do Karate and Cobra Kai uh, at the high school. A lot of fighting, and of course, it ended with Miguel going uh, over the stairwell and falling and pretty much cracking his back uh, on a railing. Looked like he fell about one, if not two, stories, and he pretty much ended up in the hospital. John Kreese took back control of Cobra Kai. Johnny was at an all-time low. Um, Robbie was on the run because, you know, he was the one that kicked Miguel and, you know, of course, uh, being a teenager, he, he packed and fled. And the very last thing I think that we did see is the fact that Johnny had reached out to his girlfriend, Allie. And of course, if you saw the original Karate Kid, you know that Allie was played by Elizabeth Shue. She was a love interest to both Johnny and Daniel, and, um, he reached out to her on Facebook and we saw that even though he threw his phone away, um, she still managed to reach out to him. So that's pretty much where we pick up. And right off the bat, we pretty much see where everybody is since the end of season two. I mean, Miguel obviously is still in the hospital. He's actually in a coma. Johnny's not able to visit him because it's family only. Uh, he's, of course, very distraught over this. Uh, we see him kind of doing one of the things he does best, and that's, you know, get drunk and get into fights. Daniel's actually dealing with the kind of backlash from all this because, and again, up top I mentioned that this show is very, very 80s, and this is really, really where it comes in because, you know, the aftermath of the big Miyagi-Do Cobra Kai rumble is um, the high school and kind of the valley in general where they all live sort of dealing with the blowback from it. And, you know, there's discussion of, oh my God, rampant karate gangs running wild in the schools. And, you know, we got to get our kids to stop fighting and hug it out and all this. I mean, the reason I say this show is just so 80s is, you know, 
karate gangs running rampant in schools. Um, I mean, this is this the plot of this, you know, this entire series is just so 80s with the situations and the conflicts and everything. And the fact that they kind of go over the top with it a little bit and go very, very cheesy. I mean, it's just so 80s. Yeah, there's a lot of 80s references thrown in there. There's a lot of references to the old movies. There's actually also references to, I don't want to say conspiracy theories, but theories that people had. For example, when there's a PTA meeting about, you know, hey, how are we going to deal with um, all this violence going on in our school, all this karate violence going on in this school, Daniel and his wife uh, attend and Daniel kind of stands up at one point and says, uh, you know, because they're talking about like bullying and how to deal with bullying and the fact that they're actually really trying to sweep it all under the rug a, a bit. Daniel stands up and says that he's like, look, you know, when I came to this school, I experienced bullying and you hear somebody in the crowd shout out from what I heard, you were really the bully, which of course has always been kind of the big theory is that if you look at the original Karate Kid movie, and I actually believe this and I actually subscribe to this, if you really, really look at it, I mean, not that Johnny was so innocent or anything, but, um, you know, Daniel actually was kind of a bully in that one too. So it's really great to see that one pop back up, but we definitely see kind of the formation of rivalries. I mean, there's the big rivalry, of course, between um, Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai due to the fact of what happened to Miguel with Robbie running off and kind of the heat that Daniel is getting um, really from the fallout from this fight. Uh, the Miyagi-Do crew is kind of like, I don't want to say disbanded, but Daniel's definitely not teaching them anymore. Um, Cobra Kai, now led by John Kreese, is kind of going on the offensive here, uh, picking on them a lot. And what's really, really great about it is we see Hawk and company um, kind of, you know, leading this offensive, uh, you know, as directed by John Kreese. And I'm going to talk about John Kreese in a minute. But, you know, we see him kind of falling back to what he did in the original Karate Kid movie. And that's, you know, strike hard, strike first, no mercy, you know, the enemies out there. Um, we do know from the original movie, and it's explained a lot more here in flashbacks and whatnot, that he is a Vietnam veteran, um, and a lot of his training and philosophy definitely has a very sort of military slant or a military background to it. So Hawk and company kind of go on the offensive, picking on the Miyagi-Do guys. Uh, it gets actually to the point where there's a showdown because uh, Sam, you know, Daniel's daughter, you know, she can't take it anymore, and she decides that... Um, when she learns that they're at the, I believe it's the golf and stuff. And again, you know, if you saw the original movies, golf and stuff was the place that uh, Daniel took Allie on their date. I believe in season one, uh, Miguel took Sam there on their first date. Um, golf and stuff comes up a lot in um, in the Karate Kid and in Cobra Kai. But Sam learning that they're there, she organizes the Miyagi-Do and they kind of go in there to sort of settle things. But, you know, unfortunately... Um, more, um, more Cobra Kai show up, uh, the fight kind of spills out of hand, and when Tori shows up, uh, things really get worse because Sam starts to experience pretty much PTSD, because in season two, in that big rumble, Tori and Sam face off, Tori, of course, accusing Sam of stealing Miguel from her, and the fight gets pretty violent, um, I think if you remember at one point, Tori had like, it almost looked like a set of brass knuckles with spikes on it and pretty much left a nasty scar on Sam's arm and, you know, beat her up pretty good. So Sam experiences some PTSD. She's unable to help. And as a result, uh, Dimitri gets his arm broken. Here, though, was something pretty interesting. 
because it's Hawk that actually breaks his arm. Now, Hawk and Dimitri were friends. They were friends in season one. Um, they kind of had a falling out with season two with uh, Dimitri deciding not to go with Cobra Kai and kind of shifting over to Miyagi-Do. Hawk kind of, um, not kind of, Hawk, who had always been picked on because he has a cleft palate, um, deciding to kind of like beef up his persona a bit and really be a tough guy here. But we do see that despite the fact that he actually does break Dimitri's arm, that he does really, really regret it. And um, that's definitely going to come back later. So the old rivalries from season two really spill over here into season three. Um, one of the other stories that kind of goes on is the fact that Robbie is on the run from, you know, what he did from pretty much injuring Miguel. And both Daniel and Johnny do go looking for him. We do get a brief team up. You know, and I mean, I think that's the thing is by the end of season two, People were pretty much like, okay, Johnny's on the outs with Cobra Kai. He definitely doesn't buy into the philosophy anymore. He doesn't buy into Kreese's philosophy. Kreese pretty much weaseled his way in there, took it over. He's really kind of looking to redo what he did back in the first Karate Kid film. The writing was on the wall. Daniel and Johnny are definitely, definitely going to team up, but they are Daniel and Johnny. I mean, they are longtime rivals. They're not just going to kiss and make up. So while they do partner up to look for Robbie and we get, again, some great 80s references where Daniel's wife refers to them as Tango and Cash, incorrectly as Tango and Cash, because Johnny points out they were actually narcotics detectives, you know, not looking for missing people. And, you know, just a little sidebar here. Pretty much ever since Cobra Kai came on the air from season one, um, it really kind of shed new light on Johnny, and it really made me appreciate Johnny a lot more. I see a lot of myself in Johnny. Uh, I'm a kid of the 80s, just like Johnny was. Um, a lot of the things from the 80s I really, really loved. I mean, I'm definitely a lot more tech-savvy than Johnny is, but um, a lot of his callbacks to the 80s and a little bit of a, sort of like his 80s mentality and sentimentality, I like to think I kind of have too. And when Daniel's wife kind of, you know, in, again, incorrectly labels them as Tango and Cash, and he corrects her saying that they were actually narcotics detectives, that's something I'd like to do. Like, look, if you're going to make a geek or nerd reference, but you do it wrong, I'm definitely going to call you out on it because, you know, you got to do it right. So I'm right there with Johnny. And of course, Johnny's a huge Iron Eagle fan. Iron Eagle, much better than Top Gun. You know, debate me on that. That's a separate show. But like I said, they team up, but of course, you know, they're just too headstrong. They're too much, they're too strong of rivals, let's just say. So in the end, they eventually do find Robbie. Uh, Robbie ends up going to Juvie and, you know, this is sort of like a battle for Robbie's soul. You know, Daniel wants to help him. Johnny wants to make amends with him. And of course, we have John Kreese. Kreese does weasel his way in there and kind of plant some seeds in Robbie's head. And um, it's clear that he's really going to try to use Robbie to get Johnny back into the fold. Now, I've talked about John Kreese a lot. And one of the things I thought was really, really, really interesting here is we do get a backstory on John Kreese. It kind of helps to explain um, who who he is and why he is the way he is. We saw, or we I should say we see that he himself was bullied. We learned that his mother committed suicide, so he was pretty much on his own. So that kind of branded him a freak. You know, it was the 60s. The, the stuff wasn't understood. Um, actually, at one point when Kreese goes to talk to Tori to convince her to come back to Cobra Kai, uh, we learn that Tori's mom is very sick. She has diabetes. Tori's actually trying to take care of her. 
And Kreese says the same thing. You know, he says that how his mother was sick, but how he didn't really understand it. They don't directly come out and say that she had um, psychological issues. You know, they kind of, I don't want to say they skirt around it. They hint at it. So it's, it's, it's not said, but it is kind of said if you understand what I mean. He decides to enlist. Um, he enlists in the army. He goes to Vietnam. He's tapped to join a special forces unit, which was led by a captain played by Anthony Michael Hall. I thought that was really, really cool to have Anthony Michael Hall come in. I mean, again, big time 80s actor. And here basically playing like, like when you see this character that he plays, you're like, Aha, now I understand why Kreese is the way he is. So, you know, we see that he's uh, tapped to join sort of this special forces unit. Uh, he has some friends. One of them, of course, is going to be Terry Silver. Terry Silver, of course, was the main villain or one of the villains in the Karate Kid 3. We'll talk about predictions for the future afterwards, but we see him there. We see the fact that they go on these like covert missions, like uh, Anthony Michael Hall actually says, you know, if we're captured, um, you know, 35 years later, when all this stuff becomes declassified, they'll read about us. Basically, you know, the uh, the agency will disavow knowledge of you sort of a thing um, because he has a shred of humanity in him and doesn't want to sacrifice his team. Uh, they end up being captured. And of course, Anthony Michael Hall kind of really calls him out on it, saying that, you know, because of that, you know, that that's why we're in trouble. The Vietnamese soldiers that capture them make the GIs fight one another pretty much to the death. And um, it comes down to, you know, Kreese and Anthony Michael Hall. I actually don't remember what his name was in this kind of fighting to the death. And it's pretty interesting here because, you know, who... Um, Kreese has him on the ropes. He basically, it's like a, it's like a Mortal Kombat fight. Like they're fighting on a plank over this deep pit, of course, filled with snakes. I mean... Cobra Kai. Come on, 80s. You know, you know this was coming. Pretty much as Anthony Michael Hall is dangling there, um, they're rescued. And the thing is, is right then and there, Kreese could save him, but um right before they start the fight, you know, he, he uh Anthony Michael Hall tells Kreese, he's like, you know, I'm definitely gonna win this because I got something to live for, and Kreese is like, I do too, meeting a girlfriend that he had back at home, and Anthony Michael Hall's like, no, not at all. Right before we went on this mission, a letter came, that pretty girl of yours, she wrapped her car around a tree, she's dead, and, you know, I kept that from you, and blah, blah, blah. So because of that, and everything that happened, Kreese pretty much kills his commanding officer here, Anthony Michael Hall, um, rescues everybody, including, like I said, Terry Silver, who, of course, is very, very thankful, and thanks him, and is like, I owe you, man, I owe you for life. Definitely setting something up. I mean, this is definitely the reason why Terry Silver shows up in Karate Kid 3, and most likely why he will show up in season four of Cobra Kai. So I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, fleshing out John Kreese a little bit, helping to explain who he is and why he is the way he is. And and again, look, I said that this is a very, very 80s show and um, it's kind of cheesy and everything. But, you know, while this was a little cheesy, it really, really wasn't. It was actually pretty good. And some of the other issues, like, Sam de dealing with her PTSD, I thought that was really good as well, um, because it's a real issue. I mean, she was, not that so much that she was bullied, she was beaten up, and she was beaten up pretty badly. And every time she sees Tori, you know, it's it's just those horrible flashbacks, and she pretty much curls up into a ball. And I mean, it's very, very real. And, 
Yes, they did deal with it in a Karate Kid kind of way with Mr. Miyagi wisdom and everything, but I think it was done really, really well. And I definitely want to give a thumbs up for that. I think the show did a great job of talking about that and dealing with it as well. So while Cobra Kai is really, you know, the this show is really kind of the continuation of the feud between Daniel and Johnny and spilling over to their kids and other kids involved in it, I really think that at its heart, Cobra Kai is about Johnny himself. And by the end of season two, we saw that, hey, there's going to be some redemption for Johnny Lawrence. Again, I don't think he's as bad and as much of a bully as people thought he was from the first movie. I mean, really, when this show got started, it, it was it was pretty clear that they were going to be like, there's going to be a big time redemption for Johnny. And we definitely get that here. And again, you know, unlike what they would do in the 80s, kind of like resolve it really, really quick. It took all 10 episodes for him to sort of like get that redemption to sort of make that transition. And I mean, and the big thing of it, of course, was Miguel. I mean, he absolutely felt responsible for Miguel. He wanted to help him out, you know, more than anything. Um, you know, and again, we see Miguel battling a coma, a little bit cheesy with the way they do it, with him sort of imagining uh, him defending his um, All Valley title. And everybody's trying to reach him. You know, his mother's talking to him and his grandmother's talking to him. But it's when Sensei comes in and pretty much tells him, you know, that he's not a quitter and he's a fighter. He sort of wins that fight and he wakes up from the coma. He definitely wants, you know, Sensei to be part of his rehab team. The mother, of course, you know, holds Johnny responsible, but she loves her son and will respect his wishes. So Johnny Lawrence, physical therapist, is on the case. And here's where I have a complaint. And this is a complaint that I have not just with um, this part of Cobra Kai, but just when this is portrayed in general. So by profession, I'm a physical therapist. Physical therapists don't get a lot of play in TVs and movie, but when they do, we are portrayed so inaccurately, it actually really, really makes me mad. And that's the case here too. So like I said, Miguel wants Sensei to be part, Sensei Johnny Lawrence, he wants Sensei to be part of his rehab team, but the mom is like, that's fine, I'll respect it, but I also want medical professionals taking care of you. So we see Miguel at home receiving physical therapy from this hippy dippy guy like this just drives me insane the stuff that he's doing the things that he's saying is absolutely in no way related to our profession yes i know this is a campy tv show this is a corny tv show but when my profession is portrayed so inaccurately you know it really really annoys me um sorry that's just a little rant there i just had to get that off my chest but Johnny, like I said, he he definitely becomes involved and he tries, of course, all these crazy techniques. Um, he lights his foot on fire at one time. Well, he lights his his, his shoelace on fire. Um, he dangles porn in front of him, basically, to try to help him, uh, you know, to stand up. And of course, you know, what he decides to do is because it's something really that, that Miguel's mom says to Johnny is the fact that she's like, you know, she's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever walk again and everything, but he's a kid. He's a teenager. She's like, I just want him to smile again. So Johnny is like, I got an idea. She's like, let me, he's like, let me borrow him for, for a few hours, you know, and pretty much it's like, we're not doing any training. I'm going to have you be a kid. 
But of course, this is Johnny Lawrence, like granting a make a wish thing. So he pretty much sneaks him into like a 21 and over club. And not for nothing, when this was happening, I was like, oh my God, he's taking him to a strip club. No, he actually takes him to a D. Snyder concert. And I mean, again, the 80s, D. Snyder, Twisted Sister. And, um, you know, Johnny's like, that's D. Snyder. He's one of the most badass guys from the 80s. And um, at one point, D. Snyder goes, you know, I understand we got a Make-A-Wish kid, you know, here in the crowd. And they point out Miguel. And, uh, you know, he kind of like dedicates the next song to him. And, oh, and D. also says, you know, hey, ladies, let's make his wish come true. So, of course, all these cute metal girls come around and, you know, wave at Miguel. And that definitely lifts his spirits. And the thing is is what Johnny's actually trying to do here is like, you know, forget the training, forget about whether or not you're ever going to walk again, be a kid, have fun. They're rocking out. They're having a great time. And Miguel starts tapping his foot. It's hokey. It's eighties, but it's great. And it's sweet. And we go from there and pretty much, you know, Miguel goes from being in a coma to, you know, what appears to be a few weeks later walking around and he's back in school. You know, again, I I think it's really, really good here. I mean, yeah, it's cheesy, the whole coming out of the coma, walking again a few weeks later, but it's the redemption of Johnny Lawrence. You know, it's, 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 you know, taking responsibility for what he did, putting others before himself. And, you know, I, I think William Zabka, you know, doesn't get enough credit for really being a good actor. I mean, yeah, he's kind of tagged as like, you know, he was the bad boy of the 80s. Like if you needed, if you needed, you know, that bad boy, that bad guy in the 80s, William Zabka was your go-to guy. But we really see here that the guy can act. I mean, you know, he shows a really great range of emotion. Um, You know, he... When we kind of see Johnny really reflecting on what's been going on and really, you know, the issues and, and, and trouble that he has caused, I mean, we see that quiet reflection and we see the pain that it causes him. And William Zapka does a great job. So I definitely want to give him a shout out. He did a phenomenal job pretty much throughout this entire series. Another character that definitely gets redemption is Hawk. And like I said, you know, Hawk starts starts off season three. You know, he's real gung-ho Cobra Kai. He feels very, very slighted. You know, this was a kid that was picked on for having a cleft palate. He joins Cobra Kai with Sensei Lawrence, you know, gets the Mohawk, gets the new persona, but he feels like he still can't get that respect. And, you know, it's not so much that. It's not so much the fact that he can't get the respect. It's the fact that, you know, he feels like he's made himself a better person. He's stronger physically. He's a lot more confident. He's a lot more popular. But he kind of sees the price that he had to pay to get there. And he really doesn't like it. And it definitely starts with the breaking of Dimitri's arm, which, yes, he did do that, but he did it reluctantly. He was pressured into it. And he was definitely very sorry about that. And we see the fact that, you know, as, you know, Kreese starts to bring in more sort of like heavy hitters and, you know, really putting together a brute squad, essentially. Um, Hawk definitely has a problem with it. I mean, of course he has a problem with it because, you know, Kreese is bringing in pretty much his former bullies, you know, the kids that bullied him. But the thing is, too, he's also kind of sees it's like, this is not who he is. Yeah, he has beef with Dimitri. Yeah, when Miguel comes back and Miguel learns, you know, what happened and he sides with Dimitri and and is like, you know, look, I'm not Miyagi-Do, but I can't be Cobra Kai, you know, my loyalty is to Sensei Lawrence. Sensei Lawrence is not perfect, but, you know, it's a better option than than John Kreese. Hawk sees the, the price that he had to pay to get where he is, and he really doesn't like it so much so that when he kind of has that big redemption at the end, uh, which again is the big fight between um, Miyagi-Do... Eagle Claw Karate, we'll get there in a second, 
and uh, Cobra Kai um, at the LaRusso house, you know, he, he sees what's happening and he doesn't like it. And, you know, he joins up. So way to go, Hawk. Glad for the redemption. And, and again, is it as big as Johnny Lawrence's redemption? No, but it was still really, really nice to see. Was it a little cheesy? Yes, but this is um, a show that has an 80s feel about or the the stereotypical 80s movie, so it's absolutely perfect. So if you saw any of the trailers, you know that Daniel ends up going to Okinawa. You know, he reunites with Kumiko and Chosen. And the reason this comes about is, like I said, the fallout from the whole big karate fight is since Little Russo Auto Group, you know, the auto group that Daniel runs, is so tied to that. You know, his commercials are like, you know, I'm chopping the competition, I'm kicking up prices and whatever. Since there's such a backlash, people don't want to go to him anymore. His business starts to fail. His rival um, kind of cuts a deal with um, a, a Japanese importer to kind of cut um, Daniel uh, out from being a dealer. Daniel goes over to Japan. He pitches his case, but he's told, look, it is what it is. The decision was made. We're very, very sorry. Daniel doesn't want to take no for an answer, but he doesn't know what to do. And um, while he's at a bar and he's kind of reminiscing about Mr. Miyagi, uh, the bartender's like talking to him about it. And he's like, oh, you know, are you here to, to visit this friend of yours? And he's like, no, he's gone. And he's like, mm, so American, you know, it's 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 the people we love are never gone. You know, you have to kind of look for them. Then, of course, an ad plays for Visit Okinawa. He decides to go back to Okinawa. He sees that Tomi Village, where Mr. Miyagi was from, is now kind of like a giant shopping center area. Um, he finds out that, yeah, you know, times were tough. Mr. Sato kind of saw the writing on the wall. And in order to save the village, he sold it off and he pretty much turned it into kind of like this giant, you know, kind of like a downtown shopping area of which the villagers were very, very grateful for. As Daniel's walking around, he sees Kumiko dancing. They reunite. She then calls Chosen. Chosen shows up, and you think, like, okay, here we go. It's going to be the big, big fight. But Chosen actually ends up teaching him a lesson and, you know, kind of letting him in on some more secrets of Miyagi-Do karate. Um, we're talking pressure points and kind of disabling your your opponent which was really, really cool. And the two of them, you know, the two of them, I don't want to say, you know, they they reconcile. They reconcile their differences, you know, Chosen with Chosen basically saying that after their fight in Karate Kid 2, he was totally humiliated. He was at a very, very low point. But, you know, his uncle, Mr. Sato, you know, definitely, you know, gave him a second chance, allowed him to redeem himself. And he's very, very grateful for that. And he really holds no ill will towards Daniel. They end up actually becoming very good friends. And at the end of Daniel's trip, again, this is an 80s style show. You know, there's that save at the end. Um, Kumiko knows a woman who is like the head of international uh distributing for this Japanese motor company. And it actually is the young girl that Daniel saved in Karate Kid 2 um, during the typhoon. Like she was the one ringing the bell and she was stuck up there. He went out and he rescued her. So now it's her turn to rescue him. It's an 80s style show. <laughs> There's always going to be a happy ending. Um, but it was really good. It was really good seeing Daniel heading over there, learning a little bit more about Mr. Miyagi more about the wisdom, you know, the lesson between him and Chosen was very, very good. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. And, um, you know, that's not the only cameo that we have in season three here of Cobra Kai. 
like I said, towards the end of season two, we knew that um, Johnny reached out to Allie. Allie did respond back. Johnny finally figures out, you know, that even though he threw his phone away, that doesn't mean he's off Facebook. It's still on the computer. He sees that Allie has reached out to him. She's actually visiting her family. So the two of them meet. But what's really kind of, I don't want to say funny, but right before the two of them meet, in season two, Johnny began to date Miguel's mother. Of course, what happened with Miguel, that ended. But with Johnny helping Miguel out so much, and again, it's not because Johnny helped him walk, but it's because Miguel's mom saw what a good man that Johnny really is. The two of them do start a relationship again. He does meet up with Allie. He kind of has it in his mind that maybe, you know, hey, maybe I can rekindle something here. But no, Allie's a little too wise for that. Yes, she misses Johnny. Yes, they have a great time at golf and stuff and they reminisce. But she's like, look, you really, really like this woman. Don't screw it up. Go for it. Allie is also really, really key here because she pretty much brings Daniel and Johnny together. She has some great sort of like Mr. Miyagi wisdom here where she says, you know what it is? She goes, the two of you are so much alike that you see each other, you know, you, you see yourselves in each other and you don't want to admit it. And this is pretty much really where Johnny and Daniel really bury the hatchet. And, you know, we see that they are going to be teaming up and pretty much taking down Crease in season four. And the way that's going to happen is... We realize that the All-Valley Tournament is coming up. Now, again, with Karate Gangs running rampant, um, they decide that they're going to cancel the tournament. So, Kreese, Johnny, and Daniel go down to try to, like, save the tournament. It's a great argument. It's very, very funny. It's very, very funny seeing Kreese sort of being, like, almost like this meek sort of, like, you know, my personal space is being violated and sort of a thing to kind of make himself look like the good guy. But it's Sam and Miguel that come in. And give this great speech about confidence and and really the positivity of karate. It's an 80s thing, guys. You know, let's give it a break. And they actually end up saving the tournament. So we now know that this is where the big showdown is going to be. So pretty much as this show wraps up, we see that Robbie has joined Cobra Kai. Hawk has joined um, Eagle Claw Karate, which is Johnny Lawrence's new karate. I mean, look, you knew this was coming. He's going to form his own karate dojo. And of course, he's like, it needs a totally badass name, Eagle Claw. And, you know, one of his students, because the uh, the logo for it is an eagle, like a screaming eagle with vampire fangs, <laughs> with one of the students pointing out, Eagles don't have fangs. And he's like, quiet. So Hawk pretty much joins them. Johnny and Daniel join together. You know, Eagle Claw, Miyagi-Do, they're going to train together. We're definitely going to prepare for the big All-Valley. The big kind of, this is going to be, I mean, season four, it really looks like it's going to be the final season. Because once this whole conflict is resolved, there's really nowhere to go from there. Unless Hillary Swank is going to show up. But we definitely see Johnny and Daniel joining forces. Like I said, Robbie going over to Cobra Kai. And at the end, you know, you know, the, we get the flashback of Kreese kind of saving his unit. Terry Silver hugging him. And like, I owe you, man. I owe you for life. And we see Kreese picking up the phone going, hey, old buddy. So Terry Silva will be showing up in season four. There's no doubt. Will Karate Bad Boy Mike Barnes show up as well? We can only hope. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know-it-alls, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Try to be best, because you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you got to hang tough to make it. Try and you succeed Never doubt that you're the
one.